Cool. I think that was good. Might need to chew some fat. You might need to chill filter some. Yeah. Yeah, get those fat... <laughs> Get the fatty compounds out there. Yeah, yeah. This, this episode may need triple distilling. I might have to put a subline this episode thirty. Chill filtered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, whiskey jokes, Dave. Whiskey jokes. Oh, it's annoyingly I wasn't recording that. Oh, I might be recording on the Zoom, but I haven't got my nice audio on that. This week in episode thirty, we're travelling back to Isla sampling the peaty goodness of the Ardbeg 10 single malt scotch whiskey. And we talk about our wonderful week at the virtual whiskey show as well as round up our Instagram live tasting sessions. And as always, you can find some more whiskey-based content on all our social media platforms. Whiskey and Things podcast on Instagram and Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And please do us a flavour. Where possible, give us a rating or review or even better, share this podcast with your whiskey loving friends and you can also help the show and receive benefits by becoming a patreon over on patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things you're listening to the whiskey and things podcast with dave giles and nick kent welcome to episode 30 of whiskey and things 30 is there a thing we can do with that probably not probably not i'm dave giles and i'm nick kent welcome everyone and uh, if we sound tired, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's because we are. It's been a long week of whiskey business. It's been wonderful, but yes. very long. Yeah. Uh, you did three extra days to me as well. Last week, we spoke about this at length, about the whiskey show. Yeah. And I had just completed my first day when Nick was on his fourth day. Mm. And uh, yeah, now, so now, there's, now there's been eight days and it's over. Yeah, I did the but, whole eight days, man. Um, yeah, I'm ready for a break. I'm not gonna lie. I'm ready for a really. So this would be the ninth day in a row for me in a whiskey zone, as it were. The thing is, there are people involved in this whiskey show. We'll talk about more, more of this more later. Yeah, we will. Who have done like multiple tasting sessions every day. Yeah, like we've done two tasting sessions and drunk a bit of our own stock of whiskey throughout the throughout the week. But that's a oh, how do they do it? How are they alive? Like they must be exhausted. No, they're just professionals, mate. Their taste buds must be, like, destroyed. Anyway, uh, so sh- shall we qu- shall we get going, Nick? Shall yeah. we get going? Let's crack in, mate, because I need a nap. So uh, let's get this over. <laughs> Whiskey bots roll out. So, Nick, let's get started, shall we? This week's whiskey. I did a bit. I went a bit whiskey god there, didn't I? You did, mate. It's not me. Definitely enjoy, not me. Whiskey god. Being possessed there for a second. Yes, um, Ardbeg 10-year single malt Isla Scotch whiskey. Fantastic. That lovely region, that little island of Isla uh, on the west coast of Scotland. On the left coast of Scotland. On the left coast of Scotland, uh, where, yeah, there are, there's a hive. That's probably the wrong word. There's a, there's a lot of distilleries on this small island, and they're all making wonderful whiskey. They are. It's known for its smoky character. There are... Um, a couple on there don't do the smoky whiskey, but uh, it is more or less known for that smoky, medicinal, peaty vibe. So, yes, um, we've already done the Lagavulin and the Lafroig 10 earlier in the series. Oh, I've said that phrase before. So, yeah, we thought we'd round up on episode 30, thought we'd do number three of the Islas we were working our way through, and it's the Ardbeg, 10-year-old. So, yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on Ardbeg. Um, the Arbeg Distillery was founded in 1815 by a guy Quite called a while ago. John McDougall. 
Well, that's the Scottish name, isn't it? <laughs> Such a Scottish name. I love, love it. it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, he took out a license establishing Ardbeg Distillery as a legitimate commercial concern. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Um, it was sold in 1838 to Thomas Buchanan, the Glasgow spirit merchant, for a whopping £1,800, Dave. The thing is, that well, that's a lot of money back then. <laughs> that's a huge amount of money. A lot of money now, to me, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah, you got well, good point, good point. Yeah, but uh, John, <laughs> John McDougall's son, Alexander, continues to manage the place. Right till up and now? What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, let me finish. Let me finish oh, the right, story. Sorry, sorry. They right. sold it, but his son carried on running it, you know. Right. Um, Alexander then passed away in 1853, and the company was run by Colin Hay and Alexander's sisters, Margaret and Flora, who became Scotland's first female distillers. Nice. That's a bit of history there. Nice. Yeah, it went through a few owners over the next century, and uh, sadly the distillery closed in 1981. Why is that, Nick? I think it's just they just weren't selling enough whiskey, mate. Um, they were known because they, were, they weren't making single malts back then. They were just distilling whiskey for blenders. So perhaps, oh. you know, it wasn't really a popular ingredient, possibly. I do have next to that why, question mark. So I did that's plan why, on finding that's, out why, but I'm pretty sure that's probably, you know. That's why I asked the question, because I, I said why. I thought you were then going to answer it. <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh, there's a question there. If yeah. I ask that, he'll answer it. No, that, no, was me, that was me <laughs> intending on going back and finding out that answer. Okay, yeah. excellent. Anyway, <laughs> One but day. in uh, 1987, <laughs> Allied Lions acquired the then owners, Hiram Walker, and therefore the Ardbeg Company. And two years later, they started distilling on a small scale to satisfy the demand of Ardbeg from blenders. But then it closed again in 1991. But in 1997... <laughs> there's no why there, Dave. There's no why in there. <laughs> Read the auto cue. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in 1997, <laughs> the distillery was bought by Glenn Morangi and it reopened... Production resumed. And then a year later, in 1998, Big was voted Distillery of the Year. God, I smashed it straight away. So yeah, it's quite a comeback, Dave. Nice. And in the year 2000, the Big Committee was formed to ensure the doors of the distillery would never close again. Um, it's kind of a club, I think. I've looked a bit into it. But also in that year, year 2000, they released the Big 10, which we are trying mm, yeah. today. Yes. Lovely. I think that was beautiful. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Wasn't. So, so you gave me a sample uh, from uh, of this a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, but you, you have a full bottle, which you probably nearly finished this week, I, I imagine. I was going to say, I don't have a full bottle, Dave. Um, <laughs> I've been dipping in and out of this. Um, you know, it, last week I, was, I went into this, I was drinking this at half 11 when their uh, distillery manager, Mickey Heads, who uh, retired this week after 13 years oh. of being at the distillery, um, he was on the whiskey show and I decided to have a little dram um, while he was talking. So yeah, I've been into this a little bit this week already. I remember when we did the Lafroig, we mentioned, no, when we did the Lagavulin, we talked about there being a holy trinity. We, well, well, we made it up. We, it's, I don't think this is written down I don't anywhere. Know if it is anyone who's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the ones, it, they're, they're the most Lefroy, recognised whiskies from Ireland, I think. Because, well. Yeah. And they're all right next to each other, right? Yes. They're, the three of them are within two miles of each other on the same road, on the south of the uh, island. Yeah, I mean, if you, for those of you who remember the Lagavulin episode, there was a big water war uh, back in the day as well, which... Uh, yeah, I think I'm sure I'd... Lagavulin. Lagavulin, or is Lagavulin? <laughs> Lagavulin. You've got to do it now. What is it? 
It's whatever you want. We've established that this yeah. week. It's whatever we you have. want. We have indeed. So, um, David. But yeah, let's, let's crack on with this with this odd bag 10. And I'm going to have a little nose. So, um, the dialer stuff as we squeak. Oh, it's back. Oh, yes. That was glorious. That was so satisfying. That is a real squeak. cork, everyone. Squeak, pause, pop. Love oh. it. Uh, Dramatic as pause. As it should be. As it should be. So, as Nick said, the. Um, the Isla whiskies tend to be known for their peaty smokiness. Again, I think I'm making up a word there. Smokiness, <laughs> smokiness, <laughs> smokiness, <laughs> smoke. Whatever. Anyway, it's it's peaty. Um, and basically, uh, my understanding, Nick, is that uh, peat has uh, an oily substance. Substance may be the wrong word here. Uh, it, it has a, a, an oil which is called a ph- phenol. Uh, I think yeah. he did a whole session on this, and it sticks to the barley. Did you know that it sticks to the barley, and that's yeah. that's where that that uh, it, that's where the the peaty flavour comes from. It's part of the peat You're reek. Welcome. You know, it's called peat reek when they dry the barley. Peat reek, yeah. With the uh, I love the that in the kiln with with the peat bricks. Cool, and you can smell it straight as soon as you open it. It's there. Poof. It's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, it's glorious. It's wonderful. It's absolutely glorious. And it is very similar to, not well, uh, maybe similar is the right word, to like Lefroig and Lagavulin. You get that kind of essence of the same kind of peat coming coming through yeah. here. It's all from the same land. This one, though, however, I think smells, it's not quite as intense. When you open it, it's there. But actually, when you get into it, it's sweeter than what I remember the Lefroig and the Lagavulin being. Yeah. I haven't had them in a while, but it definitely has that sweeter edge to it that I can't remember from the other two. My palate may have improved since then, so I might might go back to them and find that they are sweeter. But I'm getting I'm getting some citrusy vibes in there as well, a bit of lime perhaps, yeah, which I can't right. recall ever ever getting lime on on the nose of a uh, of a whiskey before. I'm sure it's on many, but I can't remember it. So that's quite nice to to have picked that out. No, it's nice. You're getting the lime. It's definitely lime in there, isn't there? There's a citrusy little zing. There's a little There's zing, a zing there. in there, isn't there? Yeah. A little zing in its step. The peat's not dominating. Do you remember when we had Charlotte Campbell on and she said that her boyfriend used to say that, or the, the whiskies that her boyfriend likes uh, smell like death? This doesn't <laughs> smell like, although you've got the peatiness, it doesn't smell like death. No. Like, it's not overpoweringly smoky, that, but there is that smoky edge to it. Mm. It's definitely um, got that smoky peat, medicinal, antiseptic vibe. But yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, remember the the band aid, the, the plaster from yeah. episode one of Lafroy. There's that element in there still, isn't there? Yeah, the uh, the school nurse. School, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't a nurse. She was just a receptionist. That's what oh. they used to be. They used to be uh, one size fits all in primary school, didn't they? Oh yeah, multitask. Yeah, you, yeah. everyone did everything. Multitasker. Yeah. Yeah, controller of the cotton wall was their main <laughs> job, I think. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the uh, when you play rugby and you get hurt, someone would run on with a bucket with a sponge. You know, no qualifications. <laughs> that sponge used to work sponge. wonders, didn't it? That magic the sponge. The old magic sponge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just, oh he's, he's twisted his ankle. Let's just soak it in some water. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's fine now. Look, look he's uh, up. He's that's up. it, son. Yeah, that's magic it, son. Sponge. Run it off. Run it off, that's, son. That's it. And I, and I think when you get further up the levels, Nick, there's a magic spray. <laughs> Have you seen that? They run on with a spray. They spray something on there and then they're yeah. up. Oh, so that's off, the DP that magic... thing. That smells a lot like that's... this, I think. It's probably just yeah. Arbeg. Actually, that's not a bad shout, actually. I often think that with um, 
with these PTO whiskies, it is like going into a changing room of a football match before a game of a Sunday league team where they're all just throwing DP all over themselves because yeah. <laughs> it's they're not, all yeah. really sore. It's not just but, that as well. Obviously, these changing rooms, they've got remnants of mud. Uh, mud. Everywhere. Yeah, 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 that adds yeah, yeah, to yeah, the exactly. scent. So, yeah, this but is... Before, but before the game, you also still have a bit of the perfumey aftershaves and deodorants that people have yeah. as, opposed, as opposed to the sweat and the, and the nastiness. So, that's why I said before the game right, because right, there's right. still that element of hmm someone's someone had a shower this morning anyway uh yeah sh- nick i feel like we i, I want to spend some time on my tasting on this yeah we've it's been a busy week so we kind of just sit back a bit and contemplate our views and experiences yeah. with this Ardbeg. i think that's a great shout yeah you know what i think it's a good time to see what the whiskey god thinks about the Ardbeg. that's a great idea nick you know where is so he we just uh I think we we'll just hand over to you, Whiskey God, for your tasting notes on the Ardbeg 10 Single Malt Isla Scotch Whiskey. Ardbeg 10 Tasting Notes On the eyes, very light straw or hay, very unassuming, considering the nosing and tasting notes to come. On the nose, medium to heavy peat smoke immediately. This may not be the olfactory bomb that, say, an older Lafroig would be. But even a blindfolded amateur enthusiast would know immediately that this is proud progeny of the smoky Isla region. A light fruity sweetness lingers, a bit of bite in the nose even. Like that of ginger, like nosing a strong ginger beer with a freshly used ashtray nearby. <laughs> On the palate, an instant oiliness coats the mouth, an obvious extra viscosity, an explosion of sweet ashy fruit, something savory sweet but darker than salted caramel. That gingery bite towards the end. What lingers between sips now is that earthy, woody burnt ember smell on your clothes after enjoying a nice fire and cigar. Each following sip, now desensitized to that first spicy peated explosion, reveals citrus candy, a bit of smoked vanilla, with a well-calibrated spiciness and Bite, always leaving a vision of a freshly enjoyed bonfire behind you. With water, the citrusy sweetness moves to the front of the line, carrying the oiliness faster around the palate and exposing slight dark floral notes to dance about that smoke, wood, and fruit. On the finish, peated smoke after the flames die down, leave the palate through the nose and that citrus and ginger bite ride that oil around the tongue. Random but welcome stinging. As if embers about to go out at random moments around the palate. Notes of freshly drawn premium cigar and peat linger. Once that smoke subsides, lemon sweet and poof, gone. Overall, There is no doubt that for its affordable price, 
This is an amazing gateway whiskey to the Isla experience. Respectful to the region as a whole. As a 10-year-old, its offering in complexity is impressive. While I do implore you fans of the region to explore the variety of peat styles within it, I also implore you to welcome this worthy ambassador to your glass. Ardbeg 10. Ta-ta. Cheers, Whiskey God. That was, uh, that was lovely. I, I really enjoyed that while I was trying to enjoy this for the first time myself. I don't think I've had this before. Yeah, you can definitely get that oil- oiliness that he's talking about. And perhaps it's smokier on the finish than it is on the nose. That it really does that smokiness. Mm. The wood, the burnt wood, you can really get on the end, right at the back of the tongue for me. It's a lovely um, warming burn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's glorious. Mate. Mate. That's really nice. That's, that is actually really nice. It's, it, because it, 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 I, I definitely prefer this to the Lafroig. It's a lot more delicate than the Lafroig. In my in my mind, the Lafroig is so intense on on the on the peatiness and the smoke, whereas this this feels less. Yeah, I was hoping to. Um, I should have put three. I've got the others in the uh, in the old larder up there. Actually, I should have uh, done a little three way. I'm trying to do that thing that you've told me to do. Is is can I you know with the Isla stuff? Can I taste within the experience the 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 sea? Can I close my eyes and picture the sea salt and the and the weather and all that kind of stuff that 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 would make this small West Coast Scottish island have its character mm. and there is there is that element in there as well I definitely like especially if you close your eyes and picture it that sea saltiness is definitely there within it are you getting that there is a yeah there is that kind of I don't know it just reminds you of being somewhere being quite cold you know yeah wanting something there being warm. a coast yeah 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 the sea the breeze and the salt in your face and all that kind of stuff kind of exactly takes you right back to exactly that. but yeah there is that kind of that vanilla thing in there but also like yeah, salted caramelly kind of vibe as well. As the old God said there. As the old God said. Yeah. But yeah, and again, he's, he's um, I like what you said about the the woody burnt ember smell on your clothes after enjoying a fire and oh, a cigar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this is. Have you ever sat around a bonfire, next day smelt your T-shirt? Yeah. That's, that's or, your, or your hoodie. There's it's an not the horrible, you've, you know, pre two thousand and seven, when you've been to a club and you wake up in the morning and your clothes stink of cigarettes. <laughs> yes, it's not that. It's not that. No, 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 no. no that's a it's a lovely thought process. <laughs> I like that you did that. Yeah. Hey, so Nick, I, um, you, I, last week we talked about that book by the Whiskey Manual by Dave Broom. Do you remember I, I mentioned that and yeah, that yeah, we yeah, were yeah. in a session? And so um, within this book, it's amazing. So all the different whiskeys he's got in here. He then there are five drinks he suggests drinking it with amazing soda ginger ale cola coconut water <gasps> and green tea and he gives them all a mark out of five as to what he thinks brings out the most flavors mm. with when doing that because obviously with with as whiskey god did he said with water you get some more citrus on the front and we've said in the past that water really can bring out a thing uh bring out more flavor especially of the oily ones um and, it, and it's interesting here although none of the the five different drinks has got five which right. means you have to try this with with this. Uh, they have two fours, and that's soda water, which would have a similar impact to water, but with a bit of fizz. Like a highball. Um, and coconut water. I'm really intrigued by that. Me too. Me too. There's and, and I mean, basically, coconut water and soda got four, ginger ale and cola got three, and green tea got two. What I love now, about all those as well, five. they're not like, they're not, 
complicated cocktails for people to make. No. It's a cheap ingredient. No, you can just pick up and just give it a go. So Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to make sure from now on that I have, because obviously this arrived and I haven't been out to the shop. So I'm going to make sure I've got those ingredients in. Yeah. And when Dave has given it four or five, um, I will bring bring that up and say, oh, we should try it like this, just because I think that's interesting. No, definitely. Um, yeah. And I would never have thought to put coconut, well, he's clearly looked into the reason why, but coconut water, just on its own, is incredibly crazy idea. Mm. But I would never have thought to even try a whiskey like this with Coke. To me, that's not something you would have done. No. But he's broken that down as to say, why not? I've watched some videos on it and it's meant to be lovely, like a smoky Coke vibe, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, um, and and it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I just think it's because everyone has yeah. It's I don't know. It's a it's a snobby thing which I thought didn't wouldn't happen, which I'm glad I've now been talked out of. Um, but but also I I often think about this with um with more expensive whiskies. This what? How much is this, Nick? Have you said that already? No, I haven't. Um, it ranges forty two to forty five pounds depending. If I were to add, if I were to use this in a cocktail, I wouldn't feel like I'm wasting money. For me, when a whiskey gets over 50 quid, I'm nervous about adding anything because I've spent a lot of money on it. Because it's expensive for a reason, there are flavors in there which may not, you know, add to a cocktail, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You could use something 100%. similar and get the same results, you know. Yeah. Mm. So, um I I think I find that interesting and and I for those re- who are interested it's a really good book i've been i've been dipping in and out of it a few times over this week it's called the manual whiskey the manual by dave broom um and i believe it's available on many websites um but we saw dave broom do a talk and he's great anyway so yeah i've watched a few what's a few really interesting guy yeah so that's a, that's a book i would recommend fantastic uh, and i will be dipping in and out of it over the over the our tastings and, and i'll always quote him because i think it's important to do so. I'm not going to rip out, rip off his nah. all these stuff without, without saying it. But um, no, 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 no. yeah, as of, as of any of these things, it's still got to be your experience. But but I will happily be guided by someone like him. I oh, may I've discovered a load of people to be guided by this week. So exactly, exactly. So yeah, this I think is this is great. I think this this I prefer this to the Lafroig. My memory of the Lagavulin is I prefer the Lagavulin, but they're both a similar price. I think Lagavulin is probably a tiny bit more expensive than than that. But yeah, well, that's a 16 year old. So yeah, we're in the fifty quids for that. I think. Yeah, but, but the Freug is definitely a similar price, maybe a little bit cheaper. I'm not sure, but mm, um, yeah. if you see Ardbeg, see Ardbeg on your super, supermarket shelves, and you fancy something a little bit stronger, i.e., when I say stronger, I mean with stronger flavour than than your your regular whiskey, you might might enjoy this. Yeah, um, although it is forty six percent as well. So yeah, that's cool. It's a, as Whiskey God said, it's a good it's a good it's a good introduction to uh, the Isla character. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, more so than definitely more so than the Freud. Mm. This is this is a better introduction to it, and you might not like it. I think it is an acquired taste. You might not like it on your first go. I need to try all three at the same time to see which one myself. But I uh, think I see where I you're think, getting. I think that would be. A, I think we should do that at some point. Um, maybe mm. as a special reserve show, mm. if, if we can, if we can get together with with those three and sit there and just do a little chat about your three high Isla. Yeah, exactly. Maybe throw in yeah, some curveballs th- from uh, from around the island as well. Mm. Oh, but these are probably the three High Street Islas, right? High Street Isla. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So if anyone has got their own experience of Arbeg Ted, please do let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Whiskey and things. things. You're, You're listening, listening to whiskey and things. And things. Whiskey, and, whiskey things. and things. And things and whiskey. Whiskey and, win- and things. Whiskey and what? And things. Yeah. Hey Nick. Hey Nick. Yes, mate. I'm here. I think it's time again. Well, yeah, it's not uh, it's not booze round. Definitely not. It's something 
much more exhilarating because we've done a whole, well, I've done a whole eight days of whiskey show. So we're returning for one last time for the foreseeable future to smooze round. Smooze round, smooze round. Yes, we are. That's yes, the best we are. sting. That midi tastic, that sting. Obviously, we have spent the week at the at the whiskey show, as we talked about, um, and it's been really wonderful. And uh, so, we, should we talk highlights? Yes, we should do highlights. Really, there was so much good stuff, man. So much good stuff. What did you learn? What What would you take? What's your big takeaway from from the whiskey show? Well, there was a couple of important conversations I was in. Uh, I think before you were you started the week, there was an important conversation about diversity in whiskey and the drinks business, basically. Uh, Mark Gillespie of uh, Whiskey Cast, another great, I say another great, like we're one, a great whiskey <laughs> podcast. Um, he hosted a chat with uh, Becky Paskin from rwhiskey.com, who, um, of course, triggered the backlash and conversation about the Whiskey Bible a few weeks ago. Um, Samara Rivers from the Black Bourbon Society. Tracy Franklin, who's the first participant in the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, and Jackie Summers, who's a, a liquor company founder and bartending guru. Um, they, yeah, they had a chat about diversity in the industry, and it was a really, really interesting conversation. I urge you all, after you've listened to our podcast, to go listen to the Whiskey Cast show, because they, he, you know, he's put a segment of the conversation into that podcast, and it's, it was really, really interesting. For example, Jackie Summers... Um, discovered when he got his liquor license in 2012, he was the only black man in America with a license to make liquor. And he talks about all the challenges he went through as a black brand In owner. 2012. That's not long ago. 2012, yeah. And, you That's know, crazy. It, you know, they were talking about experiences they've had, like he turned up at the door of a, a bar or event and the people there would assume he was the delivery driver. It, it's that kind of, you know, they really go into a, a lot of different things, but there were some really shocking parts of the conversation. So I urge everyone, I'm not going to go into it now. I urge everyone to go listen to that because I think it's a really important conversation. So that was an important one. Another one, um, there was a conversation about legislation around the world. And actually there was a bit of a, a scoop for the show because they were talking about Japanese legislation. Where if people don't know, it's been a bit vague what Japanese whiskey is for a few years because they don't have to put on the label what's in the bottle. And because a lot of the aging stock was running out, because they didn't make enough Japanese whiskey, which as we know is very nice, um, some companies kind of took advantage of loopholes, etc., to put out whiskies which had been imported from all over the place, blended together, and then released as Japanese whiskey. Wow. Yeah, so that's been a thing. So a lot of people have lost trust in the Japanese whiskey kind of industry because of that. If you want to read more about that, Dave Broom, again, did a great article on it in 2018, and I'll link that we in the doobity doos. Um, well but done. Joker Tanaka, who's an award-winning master blender at the uh, Kirin Group, um, dropped that next year there is legislation coming in in Japan. So that will stop, yeah. Right. yeah. They don't know what exactly what it's going to be yet, but everyone's expecting it's going to be whatever is in the bottle has to be on the label, that kind of thing. Again, they couldn't really... Yeah, uh, because, but, because a few years back, people were talking about Japanese whiskey being the best whiskey that you could get. Yeah. And, and if you're buying the old age statement stuff, it, it, it still is really good. But you're right, the new stuff that's been coming out has been vague of what it actually is. So, yeah. so there is this, this lack of trust in the new stuff. that's And, and there's now a lot more people just making whiskey within Japan because of that that surge in interest in Japanese whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
So for example, so, yeah. well, like um, one of the loopholes meant they could they could put in as little as ten percent whiskey into a blend of with any other neutral spirit and right. release it as Japanese whiskey, like with rice wine or something, you know, that kind of thing. Wow. Okay. So yeah, right. it's that vague. So next year, hopefully things are going to turn around. And um, Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was another little highlight. Um, yeah, I've got some other highlights, but Dave, go ahead. Have you got any? Which, uh... um, yeah, for, for me, my takeaway is, is not necessarily from one, one particular session. My takeaway on the whole thing is um, that I should look into and know more about independent bottlers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was something I'd heard of before and heard, but I didn't really understand it. And I always thought it was a bit silly. Why, why would people, why would they be independent? Why would you take something else and just put another thing on it? Yeah. 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 I, I, and that's what's kind of my heart, my, my thing. But then I realized actually what's good about like, and, and from watching the boutique bottling stuff and the elixir stuff and, and getting to know those people is that their care and attention over what they're putting in. They're doing it. They're, they're perhaps taking a cask or two casks from different, uh, distilleries put either blend them together or just putting them out as a single cask uh, or, or a small batch. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's good is you essentially end up with a personalised curator of whiskey that you can trust because you you trust that they've done their homework and they know what they're talking about. Uh, so that for me is the big takeaway. You get you're going to get something that's had a lot of care and attention over. Uh, what is in there and what flavours you're going to have in there. And it's mm. small batch. So this is something that you're not going to be able to get a lot of. And I think it's similar, Nick. The reason why I've enjoyed the English whiskies we've done and, and I've in, I like what's happening out there. I'm so excited by Bimba. Is that is almost the same thing. It's because it's so exclusive in a way. And yes, that is going to mean it's more expensive. But when Alexia or, or Boutique or other independent bottlers put something out, it's only available for a short time until it's gone. When yeah. it's gone, they're looking at another cask or something else, or they're, they're doing something with someone else. And as you get to know these companies uh, and these brands, you come to respect what they're doing and what they're trying to do. And, and you'll try uh, It's almost like you've got your own personal shopper almost for whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone going like, I, my, normally I'd be better with words, but tired. Um, anyway, it's a similar thing. Like if someone, someone you know is putting together a playlist in, of, of new music, you listen to it and you try things because you're like, I trust their opinion. You know that's going to be good. And that, and that's the same thing with with whiskey, with these small bottlers. You you can see an independent bottlers, you can see what they're doing. They'll tell you all about what they're doing as much as they can because some some of the distilleries don't want you to know exactly where their stuff's coming yeah. from because they don't don't want it to compete. But I think I think it's a nice way for especially for someone like you and I. It's a it, getting to know these companies and hopefully buying some in the future. We're going to get to know a lot more about other perhaps smaller distilleries. And things like that off the back of their work because yeah. they've done our homework for for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know. And and are telling us these are good and these are the reasons why it's good. And you might and 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 that might mean that you then go and find a bottle of from the distillery itself because you're like, oh, I had that before. That was really good. But yeah. you wouldn't have necessarily gone to it in the first place. But because there's so much out there, right? Mm. So this independent bottler is really opening those doors for you. And that's something that I, I've taken away. I've spent most of my time in sessions with independent bottlers. That's kind of what I've done. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I find those people, they're just so passionate about their whiskey and, and what they're doing. Um, and so, yes, shout out to Dave Worthington and, and Sam Simmons at, at Boutique, who have done a lot of stuff and, and uh, this week, which I've been to, and uh, and Julie Hamilton and uh, and Chanel Lecure from Elixir, who we spent a lot of time with talking to to about this kind of stuff, and I just learned so much from them. I've learned mm. so much from them this week. For someone who's who 
is a novice at, or is definitely getting into this as a as a hobby. I, I can't thank them enough for what they're... And I haven't even had any of their bottlings, but their yeah. knowledge and expertise. And, and because they're, they're always working with lots of different companies and lots of different distilleries, they talk about other distilleries, even if they're not selling them. And, yeah. they, and they'll give you honest opinions because that's their job. Is their, their job is to know all of it. No, you're right. Or as much of it as they can. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I've, I've enjoyed those people and, yeah. and their sessions. It's funny, you mentioned like the independent bottlers. Another one of my favourite sessions was from Elements of Isla. They did, uh, right. they did a talk on Isla myth busting, which was really yeah. interesting. You know, facts people think about Isla, like the peat's going to run out at some point, you know. And this is one thing I asked actually was, um, is there actually salt in the peat? And that's where the salty flavour comes from. Apparently, no. That's completely like untrue. Like the, the the salt experience you're getting doesn't come from the salt. It's from other things combining to remind your brain of the salty character. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's wow, with wow. Katie Kennedy and Adam and McCudden. And uh, they're talking about phenols and chemistry and all kinds of stuff. I loved it. And 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 they're from Elixir. So uh, Elements of Viola is one of the Elixir mm. brands. Okay, there we go. So Clean. Um, there we go. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Light bulb moment. Yeah, that for me was a big, big takeaway. And and within, and we, we spent quite a bit of time with Julie and, and Chanel the other day. And and the thing is, they got to know us as well. I think that was, a, everyone we've met, or I've met quite a few people, I've got to know them. Not just people that were doing the show, but other people in the comments. You know, I found them on Twitter and we've had exchanges and all that kind of stuff. And I've really embraced that and, and enjoyed it. Um, but but when we, when we were talking to Chanel and, and, and Julie, they were asking about what we did and stuff. Like that, and I told them about our space, my space podcast right of course because yeah. I, I love you know we all know me I'm going to turn every conversation into it being about me right so uh, I did and suddenly we're then talking about whiskey in space and it was wonderful and so it turns out that Ardbeg whiskey in space has sent whiskey to space they sent they sent um, some some vials of, of their spirit up to the International Space Station in 2011, yeah. and obviously had the same size vial down on Earth as, an, as a ground, as a control, so that they could then do some research when it came back a couple of years later and see what the difference was. And apparently, the flavour was was quite different. Obviously, it's a tiny amount, so it's not gone on for sale. Um, Santuri have done something similar, but they've never published their results. But they did send send some up. Right. But yeah, it's just like, of course, that whenever I, you know, I somehow I managed to get. Involved in a conversation about space and whiskey, and I just yeah, save it, it for amazing. your own podcast, Dave. Save it for your own yeah. podcast. Yeah, this is a whiskey <laughs> show. You know, not only this half and half business, space, space and but, things. Uh, everyone, if you want to hear about that, do your own little section. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Nick did send me the. Nick loves it as well. He, he moans about this, it. but he loves it. He because he found no, the no, art no, big video where it. they they then talked about it, and we will put the link to that in our dubs as well because uh, yeah. Yeah, we will. It is actually quite interesting what what they've done, and 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 who knows where that where that will go, especially as space flight is yeah. getting cheaper. Because after after uh, they sent it up, they started releasing Ardbeg's named Supernova, which the Ardbeg, if you're a committee member, you're able to get. Um, yeah, but yeah, they've been putting out this Supernova release for a few years after that. Um, what am I trying that? But yeah, it's interesting, man. Going to say another thing, highlight of these shows is the quizzes. The quizzes are fantastic, oh. and I think I learn as much if not more from the quizzes than I do from the from the actual seminars because yeah because you, le- you learn what you don't know <laughs> yeah yeah you learn what you don't know let's be face Everything. it we remember stuff when we're having fun if you're having fun you remember yeah. stuff it's, the amount it's, of times I hate quizzes in general I actually hate quizzes I hate being a participant of a quiz but this week I gravitated towards the quizzes because it 
was I'd come away with massive smiles on my face because mm. there, the, there was fun going on in the, the banter, comments and banter was it was there was loads of stuff. It was wonderful. So the Elix- Elixir did a great quiz every day, yeah. which was just so much fun, so much fun. And 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 as I said the boutique guys would have little silly games in their sessions as well, which their tea time thing, which I always loved as yeah. well. Shivers did a great um, one as well. Did they? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, I missed yeah, that before you joined. Uh, well, I'm sure yeah. they're every day, but yeah, the one I did was before you joined. But um, yeah, I think we've learned. Don't put any money on me. Is the uh, the rule? Uh, <laughs> Katie Kennedy lost uh, ten quid to me, or she did. Lost, she lost ten quid. Yeah, yeah. She still owes it me. Sorry, yeah, but, uh... sorry, sorry. I apologise on behalf of the Whiskey and Things <laughs> Corporation. <laughs> well, in fairness, I did put odds at hundred to one on you, so I was I was making it fairly obvious that I was I was offering her a grand, which I don't have. Yeah. I felt I felt yeah. I was pretty safe putting out that bet. Yes, I know a bit about the history. I was doing a lot of the history. It's the geography of Scotland. I need to scrub up on. Yeah, uh, that was that was always the rounds that I would struggle on the geography. I was like. Phew. Yeah, uh, and and yesterday, Nick, for for the final one, knowing it was going to be about the lowlands, I did a load of load of research. I came third. I did yes. come third. And fairness, I came third three times, but that was all from guessing. See, I yesterday, didn't have I actually, time. I actually knew a few things. It was great. I, t- I t- spent an hour. I was like, I'm not going to watch the next session. I'm going to research the lowlands. Yeah, um, I didn't so, have time. You know, I didn't have time to do any research because I was researching other things. But uh, never mind. Yeah, it was a good ways of learning more, and also, yeah, so, as we said, just knowing what we don't know, which yeah, is a lot. It's fantastic. Anyway, Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. A, as a whole, Whiskey it's show. a great Can't week. Can't wait for next year. Yeah, we can actually uh, um, all get together in a room. That'd be fantastic. So yeah, um, yeah, hope you had a good time if you were there also. For 20 quid though, Fantastic. Can't knock it, can you? Absolutely. I, mean, I felt for, I, I actually really do feel for some of the people that were running those sessions and working for those companies because that's a long week. Yeah. That's a very, very long nine days of having to be online, mm. presenting, drinking, because a lot of it is, yeah. you know, you are having to have, even if they're just having small little samples, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, yeah, I imagine today there's a lot of people who had long lines. Yes, uh, I bet. And I hope, I hope some of those people take some time off over the next week and just uh, drink a lot of water. Yes, yes. Take a chill pill. We'll take over from here. No. <laughs> no, cool. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Whiskey Guard interrupting this transmission. Just a message to our whiskey bots. <laughs> I love Optimus Prime. And to anyone that has made the gracious decision to enjoy our show, we say a very humble thank you. We have been with you since March of 2020, and especially in these times of a brooding pandemic and a terribly confusing and isolating lockdown. We are honored that you've chosen to share your whiskey journey with us, but would like to remind you to please drink responsibly at this time. Remember to check up on each other and to love each other. Slanche. And now we bring you back to your regular programming. <laughs> As the humans would say, Tita. Whiskey? We had another first this week, didn't we, Dave? We did... Uh, oh, we did. Our, yeah, our first Instagram live tasting sessions. We thought we'd give it a go. Um, yeah, It was we fun. Did. It was fun. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so this is actually the first time I think I've ever done a whiskey tasting like this. Obviously, I've done two distillery tours, one where they, they gave you three whiskeys at the end and kind of a tasting, but they're not huge. And, and obviously, when we are at Bimba, we had a bit of a tasting with a couple of different ones. But yeah. this was the first time we sat down with someone talking us through, in which in this case, for both of them, it was Billy Abbott, uh, who works at the Whiskey Exchange, talking us through six different whiskeys at a time. So there was two different sessions. We did one on Wednesday and we did one on Friday night. They're all on Instagram. You can watch these on, watch our experiences of this on Instagram. Yes. So we did one, the one on Wednesday was about wood. What's in the wood? Yes. What's in the wood? And it, there was uh, three different uh, distillers, Westland from Seattle, Whistlepig, uh, some, uh, which is also American and I'm not sure exactly where they are, uh, and Ichiro. Ichiro. Ichiro from Japan. And that was wonderful. And then on Friday, we had the, the English one where we had six different English whiskeys, including Bimba, uh, Cotswolds, who we've obviously both done, uh, done before in the show, but different ones than we've had before, I think. Anyway, we, we all, there was also the Lakes and the East London Whiskey Company or Spirit Company, whatever they're called. I think it's East, East London, London Whiskey Liquor Company. Company. Liquor Company. Thank you very much. Yeah, they do a lot of things there. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the English Whiskey Company. And one from Yorkshire whose name escapes me. Oh, the Thiele Bay, the only distillery in Yorkshire at the moment. Mm. Uh, so that was really interesting because obviously we've had the two English whiskies on the show before and I've really liked them. So it was good to have a sample of a few more. Although if I'm brutally honest, Nick, by that point I was fatigued. This was the last part of the show. It was. Uh, and yeah. I did struggle on that one compared to the Wednesday one at coming up with comprehensive notes because I think as well I was because, just so tired. Yeah, it was tired as well with the English ones because um, with the What's in the Wood tasting, um, we were comparing two different whiskies from the same distillery and with the difference being one was mainly aged in white oak, you know, which is kind of the, you know, the normal, the normal way of doing things um, or the most popular way of doing things. And then another one from a more exotic wood. So the differences were m- much more severe than... The English yeah. whiskey one where the six English we were trying ones. six different, you know, English whiskies, which do, did kind of have the same character with subtle differences. Yeah, I think that's fair. So that was why it was fair. a bit trickier to pick things out for me. And I was a bit like, more like, hmm, what am I picking out? Sometimes it just it launched out. But that first one, Watching the Wood, was, was fantastic. I really enjoyed that tasting. Because they were so diverse. I mean, good mm. Lord. I mean, for the first time, you know, you hear people saying, oh, you hear a lot of wine and with whiskey as well about food pairings and stuff. And it didn't come up in the tasting. But for me, it's kind of opened my eyes into into that kind of area, not as like a snobby thing. But we had whiskeys which tasted like pickles and another one yeah. smelled and tasted like dill. And I'm thinking that pickle yeah. one, if you had that with a burger, that's going to complement that really well. No, it really did taste like pickles. And, you know, the dill one, have that with some salmon or something or some mm. gammon absolutely fantastic and we had another one which yeah. tasted like black forest gatto like not even subtly for me yeah and, and one that was like uh dark chocolate bounty yeah the dark so, chocolate so you, bounty of a christmas it was yeah, just like that you, exactly you could have so you've got two whiskies which you could have as a dessert and two that you would accompany your your main meal really yeah. well and that, and that kind of vibe yeah and I, even I as you know beginners would which we kind of are dave let's face it you know it's why we're so enthusiastic about it i think because we're like oh my god Yes. You know, rather than this kind of, you yeah. hear a tasting and you, yeah, you're like, where's yeah, yeah. that? Where's that? But this is like, boom, there it is. There it is. It popped not out. All, exactly. Not all uh, whiskey tastes like or smells like barbecue sauce, which a lot of people think, you know. Um, <laughs> but I had a great time. But did you have a, uh, did you have a yep. favourite out of it, Dave? 
I did. I had a favourite on both, and they were pretty. Uh, they really stood out for me. So they happened to be the most expensive of both. <laughs> yeah, we, we found this. <laughs> I like the cheap sets. stuff or the cheap, you know, the more reasonably priced ones. And Dave liked the uh, more exotic range, shall we say? So um, for, for me, the Westland Distillery stuff, uh, the single malt from from Westland, their Garyana Wood, um, yeah. that really was just incredible for me. I loved that. Uh, Garyana Grande, as uh, as Sam Pope suggested in in the uh, in the chat in the in the chat of the Instagram live, that was a, that was a lot of fun. And with the English one, the Cotswolds Founders Choice. Now, when we did Cotswolds, I loved it. I can't remember what we did. I think we did their their just small batch Cotswolds. No, or something I ke- like that. No, we didn't. I got that wrong. That was my fault. I keep right. getting Teeling and Cotswolds mixed up for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we did them. In, they did them like next to each other. I think. Yeah, they both white. have white labels. Um, so yeah, apologies yeah. for people if they've been listening back to things going. What what is Nick talking about? I keep getting them mixed right. up. Well, what, what was it we did? It was just a regular single malt. Yeah. So we had the, the Cotswolds Founders Choice and holy hell, that was delightful. And it's 60.5%, but you would never have guessed. It's so smooth and uh, really enjoyed that one. So obviously I went, I've got, I'm a man with expensive taste, clearly. But yourself? My favourite, it was, it was the Westland American Oak single malt. From the first, so the cheap Westland. It was the what sixty four <laughs> ninety five. I wouldn't call it cheap, but it well, was yeah, the more the, the Gariana was like one hundred and sixty pounds or something. It was one hundred and sixty five, like wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for sixty four ninety five at forty six percent ABV, the Westland American Oak Single Malt for me, it tasted like Black Forest Gatto, and mm. oh, black. You know, you got that black cherry and chocolate in there, and and again, it's not subtle. You know, it's yeah. not like a sweet, you're not drinking a milkshake or anything. It's still whiskey, but it just, for me, just tasted beautiful. And that's the one I kept gravitating back. It just kept making me go, oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm. And, and, and the thing is, not, I mean, I don't, I'd heard of Whistlepig. I'd had some Whistlepig, yeah. but, but there were three new distilleries for us really to, to really look into. So that Westland place, that, that sounds interesting what they did. We both loved what they did, mm. a different version of what they did. So yeah. We perhaps need to look into that a little bit more, Nick. I think we should. What about from the English uh, set? What was your favourite there? You know what the Cotswolds was? It was the strong one. It just ki- it just kicked me in the face. I did like it. I really loved it. Yeah. The Cotswolds founder's choice. I'm just trying to remember, to be honest. This was right at the end of the night. And as well, Billy was uh, giving us these drams in order of ABV. So we were getting stronger yeah. and stronger. So we've done five, <laughs> we've done six shots of a pretty strong spirit at this point. Um so yeah, I'd go with that one maybe yeah. because it was the last one I had. <laughs> maybe, but but, I th- I th- but the other ones were great. I loved them all. I think Billy knew what he was doing there. I think I think he knew that he was he was getting to that. I mean, the, the other the other whiskies were. I mean, maybe, maybe the, there was the age statement. Was it the English whiskey company? Was the eleven year old? That was really good as well. That was really smooth. Yeah, That's, yeah because the other uh, ones don't have age statements. A lot of them are they, quite young they're all, in England. They're, yeah, they're all because English whiskey is still in its, its you know it, it's on its resurgence. So these are all mm. quite young. Um. So it makes sense that something like a founder's choice, if you know, there's gonna have been more effort put into something called founder's choice, really, isn't there? So it does make sense that that one's the one that's popped out at us. Um, was the strongest maybe. one? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and it's the strongest one, but who, who knows? Who knows? A lot of fun. Anyway, you can rewatch those on Instagram as well. They're on our feed at yeah. Whiskey and Things Podcast. Yep, 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 yep. And hopefully, we'll do other tastings in future. Definitely. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast. Okay, so uh, 
that's all we've got time for this week. In fairness, Nick, the two whiskies that I liked the most from that thing were the ones I was drinking out of my whiskey and things, Glen Cairn. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Who well, knows? Maybe, yeah. uh, Thanks to those of you who have uh, posted your photos of you drinking out of those. Yes. Um, Thank and, you. And uh, if you would like to buy one, they're still available on our website. But what are we up to next week, Nick? Episode 31. Well, you know what, mate? I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd uh, let you decide. I'm going to play a little game. Only a quick one, right? I thought it'd be nice because the last few weeks I've had the bottle and I felt like, you know, I've had a bit of an advantage with the tasting. Well, I've had to, go, I've got to enjoy it for a few days before and Dave's been a bit on the spot. So these, I'm going to give you three whiskeys, Dave, and these are ones you have the bottle of, okay? So you can choose, all right. All right? You talked about can it. I, can I not just choose it right now without you giving me these and see if it's one of the three that are there? Um, you can. Okay, let's do that. Let's, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just, I know you've done some planning on that, and a that's really bit, yeah. thoughful. Yeah, but, but, but I, time I, can, we, can we do the Balvany Caribbean cask? And I'm hoping that's one of your three that you have there because I'm running out, <laughs> and I love it. Let's <laughs> see. So I, Let's see, shall we? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Well, I had the just so you know, I had the Four Roses Small Batch Kentucky Straight. Oh, yeah, Bourbon. I'm going to want to do that soon as well. That's because I'm running out of that with the All Malt from Nika. I'm also running out of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> And uh, good thing is, I think number three is the Balvenie, fourteen-year-old. In, in fairness, they, they are. I don't know if you knew this, but they're the three bottles I've got least amount left of. Well, so, I know you uh, like. Sure I know you was... love the. I know you love the rum cast, man. The Caribbean rum cast. Yeah, from that, so. I, I do love that, and I love Four Roses as well. So, uh, so yeah. both of those, I'd appreciate doing pretty quickly. <laughs> well, uh, I think we've just established the all... our next three weeks. To be honest, yeah, yeah. The, the all malt though. The the, the all malt. I'm pretty sure you've drunk most of that. Nah, it doesn't sound like When you've come round, I'm pretty sure that's one. Yeah, I've had that for a while now. That was given to me last February, I think. Nah. So, um, yeah, interestingly, two of those have been given to me by Hannah Beasley. Beasley! Beasley! Anyway. Pick up the Beasley! (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, find us on our social medias uh, and and our Patreon and all that kind of stuff. Come and and get involved with the show. Please. Please. We love it when you do. Yes. Yes, please. Sweet. Okay. As we always say, Dave... Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. As we always say. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Thanks for coming. It doesn't matter. I, just, I, just, I, I, I move them every week anyway. I move them. Production value. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.